Hi, I'm Ryan Lynch. And I'm Amanda Johns. Welcome to season two of our weekly podcast, Worth the Work. Each week, we attempt to educate and reduce the stigma around issues related to therapy and mental health. We try to infuse humor in often difficult topics. And we stay authentic as we work to reinforce the reality that therapists are people too. This season, we'll be focusing on relationships. And not just the romantic ones. Let's do this. Let's go. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Amanda. What's up? Nothing. (laughs) Well, we're doing our podcast today. We are. And what are we talking about? Well, today we're talking about the relationship between a parent and a child and how you can best... Why are you making fun of me? I because I just love the fact that you're, how you're forming this out. as we speak. Well, that's how I do everything. I know. On the, on the fly. Right. But, you know, basically, how to help your kid come out to you. and How, how to best to, support them. And how to best support them. Right. If I'm your child does okay. Thanks. Mm-hmm. I need an adult. <laughs> oh, so do I. Mm-hmm. So we have a special guest today to help we us do that. do. And who is this special guest? Her name is Miranda, and I will let her introduce herself. Good morning. Um, I am Miranda, and I'm a mom of three based out of Seattle, Washington. Okay. Okay, great. And so do you want to share what you do for a living? Yeah, I am a social worker by trade. I work with adults with developmental disabilities as they obtain and maintain competitive employment. See, and I... she has great stories always I about bet. <laughs> her her work and the work that she does. And she's actually pretty amazing and has raised some pretty phenomenal kids. Um, so tell us about your kids. How many do you have? How old are they? So I have three kiddos. My oldest, Mason, is 15. My middle kid, Josephine, is 13. And then my youngest son is Tegan, and he's 11. Okay, that's that's crazy for me to hear because I knew you back when they were itties and like yeah. itty bitties. And I'm like, I'm hearing you say that. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> that means, that means itty bitties. I know. But... I know. I said itties at first. I caught myself mm. and then I added the bitties. Okay. Um, <laughs> sure. Okay. So, um, so obviously you're here today to talk about um, what it's like to be a parent of a child who identifies somewhere on the spe- the LGBTQ plus spectrum. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about um, your kid and what happened or what's going on regarding their journey to finding their identity? So it started when Mason was in, I think, sixth grade. And we just kind of do this thing where if he has something important to tell me, he will write it on a note and then just kind of slip it on the vanity mirror and I'll see it when I see it. And so one morning I was doing my thing, getting ready for work. And I saw there was a little, you know, those little like football triangle things that kids make in yeah. middle school. Yeah. It was a note folded like that. So I opened it and it basically was just like, Hey, um, I'm gay. I'm like, okay. So when I was driving him to school at the time, he was my only one in middle school. So it's just him and I in the car. I'm like, hey, got your note. Cool. You still have to do your homework. (laughs) And he said, that's it. 
like, yeah. And he's like, okay. So then about a year later, same kind of thing, found a note folded up in the um, bathroom that just said, hey, mom, I'm non-binary. I'd like to use they, them pronouns. Then again, on the school way to school. Hey, cool. Got your note. Um, still have to do your homework. <laughs> like, oh, mom. Um, Cause at that point wasn't getting like any reaction. <laughs> and then um, about a year after that, he came out as trans and these are my new pronouns. This is my new name. And then I just said, yes, I know I have to do my homework. And <laughs> that was just it. And since then it's just, Ben Mason is Mason and we love him as he is. Okay. And so what I'm hearing then is it really was a journey for him, sort of like figuring out where he sort of lands as far as like how he feels and in his own body and in his own understanding of who he is. And one of the things that I've heard from parents who are sort of in this journey with their kids is like, when do I stop them? Or like they keep changing what they want or they keep changing their identity. People aren't going to take them seriously. So what is your sort of like your journey with your child and, and sort of how did it impact you? How did it impact him? How did it impact others as he sort of like switched sort of where he was at in his journey to who he is? Um, well, I've, I've had some questions around that from friends And it's, to me, it's like, well, when you're 12, 13 years old, do you really know who you are as a person? It's part of growing, like no 12 year old really knows who they are. So of course, as we grow and we mature, we're going to learn more about ourselves and be like, no, what I thought I once was doesn't fit as well as it did in the moment. Um, But this is where I feel I am now. And I, I'm sure in, you know, maybe five years it might evolve some more and it's just my role to be like, cool, this is where you are. And I love you for that. And we'll grow together. Yeah. And and I have to say, I do love the idea of like the, the note, just leaving the note to, so that you can kind of have the conversation later. Cause I feel like that probably takes a lot of pressure off of kids to like, you know, try to be the one to broach the subject. Whereas if you just leave this little note, then it's now my job as the adult to have the conversation with you. And I already know what it's about. So there's no like huge surprise factor. Yeah. And I love that it gives me time because I'm a very sarcastic, jokey person (laughs) to like kind of rehearse what I'm going to say so that what comes off isn't um, inappropriate or you know, so they feel validated and I'm not mocking them, but my initial reaction is always to go for humor first. Um, So I kind of get that out of the way in the bathroom, practice in front of the mirror, and then we can have like the (laughs) the honest heart to heart. What, what was, so yes, you had the, the response of you still have to do your homework. Did you have any other first thoughts, things that crossed your mind? Not really. So I, I started when my kids were very young. So when Mason was probably three or four, probably before Tegan was even born, bringing my kids to pride because, you know, the literature out there is one in three children, at least Mm -hmm. at the time, one in three children 
identifies as LGBTQ plus, mm-hmm. like, well, I have three kids. So <laughs> odds are. <laughs> so I wanted them from the time they were very, very young to know like this is this is a community that's out there. And if this is a community that you are part of, know that you're loved. Like mm-hmm. so it wasn't a big deal. Like my kids have always known like Oh, if you fall in this community, cool. Um, let's do it. <laughs> like, sure. It's almost like your intentionality made it safer. Yes. And I tried to make it a very safe space for them growing up. Yeah. Now, obviously, like, I imagine, you know, we can't, as parents, make every situation safe for a kid. So did you help them at all in coming out to anybody, any other family members or anything like that, that they wanted to come out to? Yeah. So in our house, my rule is like, this is your story. You have to be the one to tell it. So um, we had grandma coming to visit this summer and I hadn't said anything to grandma yet, even though my parents are very open um, and very accepting it was, you know, this is your story. I'm not going to out you. Um, so I can support you in having that conversation. Um, or we can use dead names while grandma's here, whatever you feel is the right choice, but it's something you need to make. And it was funny. He just kind of sent a quick text to grandma saying, Hey, this is my new name. These are my pronouns. And that was it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, great. Now, for people who may not know, can you explain what a dead name is? So a dead name is the name that is on their birth certificate. So the name that they used prior to coming out, prior to transitioning, and just the name you don't really use anymore. Okay, awesome. Mm-hmm. And you know, <clears throat> I have a question uh, about pronouns, because I feel like this is something that a lot of parents and, and people that work or are around, you know, people in the trans community often are fearful of or misuse, you know, the wrong pronoun and stuff like that. So can you tell me a little bit about how that was for you? Like just that journey as far as, you know, now I'm looking at my child and using a different pronoun and like it, it doesn't just flip on a switch. Right. It was very, very hard, especially in the beginning when we were using Mm -hmm. non-binary pronouns because they're they, them. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it was very difficult for me to use they, them for a singular person that Mm -hmm. I had previously known as she, her. And then I read somewhere that um, the best way to imagine it is if the person is now a swarm of bees and they are an angry swarm of bees or stay away from them. Um, and oh, that's a really cool way of thinking about it. And if you've dealt with teenagers, you can very easily realize <laughs> they are like a swarm of bees. Um, and once, once we got over that hump, I think it was actually easier for me to switch from they, them to he, him versus okay she, her, to they, them. Okay. Uh, Fair enough. What, as a parent, do you think were your biggest fears for your child? I think acceptance from others. Okay. Like I've, I've tried very hard to make our home a safe space. Um, 
but I know that the world can be very cruel. So sending him, sending him to high school this year Mm. was terrifying um, because it was the year he came out Mm. and, you know, he was going to a new school and, you know, how would they, how would they support him? Like how would the other kids receive him? Right. Mm -hmm. That was, that was hard. Has the school been accommodating? Were you like, did you have to change the name on the birth certificate? So we haven't done the birth certificate yet. Um, We'll probably have to wait until he's 18 just because of custodial issues. Mm -hmm. Um, But the school has been wonderful. And I will say that Mason is his biggest advocate. He contacted the school and he's like, here's the deal. Mm -hmm. Um, And he worked with them. All I had to do was at one point, I think I had to say, okay, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, but the school's been wonderful. And so and very is he allowed to use the male restrooms? Does he? So at the school, there's like a, like a single, um, stall single gender neutral. Yeah. 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 Okay. So he has a key to that. Oh, oh awesome. Nice. That's amazing. Yep. That's absolutely amazing. Great. Okay, good. Um, if you could go back in time, would you do anything differently? Um, I think growing up, I was really, really good about showing different relationships that weren't just heterosexual um, relationships, but maybe making a more intentional effort to have more of the spectrum shown, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. maybe not just cisgender individuals that we're watching. Yeah. Um, you know, making sure that that's out there. Yeah. And what about in the actual conversation? Obviously, it went, it sounds like it went really well. But in that initial conversation, would you have said or done anything differently going like looking back? I don't think so. Um, I think Mason and I have such a unique bond mm-hmm. that um, it was it was who we are. It was very authentic for who we are as, okay. you know a mother and child. That's just our relationship mm-hmm. um, that I would keep it the same. That's amazing. Yeah. What advice would you give to other parents who are going um, through the same thing? If your kid comes out to you, um, remember they're the same kid. They were at the start of the conversation at the end. That's a really good point. That is. Do you want to do you want to talk about that a little more? Um you know, I've I've heard of so many kids. Like so I'm part of the Free Mom Hug yeah, organization. Yeah. Um for those of you who don't know what it is, it's a group of parents who go and Sorry, I'm a very emotional person. It's okay. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I need to apologize. This is an emotional thing. This is people's lives. Yeah. Um So Free Mom Hugs is a group of, it's not just moms, it's um, parents who go and support LGBTQ plus teens who have been kind of rejected by their family. And we go to their big events. We go to graduations. We go to, we help kids get ready for proms. Um, We're there for their special day if their parents can't be. Mm -hmm. So hearing those stories. just 
it's it's hard to hear you know these people say i was very vulnerable with my parent mm -hmm. and at the end of the conversation i no longer had a parent yeah mm -hmm. the rejection yeah so just keep in mind that you know when they have those conversations they're still your baby yeah well and i think we would be remiss if we didn't mention that you know there is a very high suicide rate amongst yeah LGBTQ population who are rejected by their family. And so there's a very direct correlation between an unwillingness to see your child as your child, even after they've shared their identity. Um, and I said unwillingness, right? An unwillingness to see your child as who they are with, you know, mm -hmm. death by suicide. And, and that's tragic. That, that should never happen. It should never, ever, ever happen. And I wonder, like, I have my own thoughts behind why um, parents find this so difficult. What are your thoughts? What have you seen as you've heard the stories of these, of these people who have been rejected by their families? What do you see as the commonality among these parents? Um, I mean, obviously, I don't want to hate on religion. I think it has a place. It's a factor. It's a fair factor. Yeah. And a lot of them are individuals who have been brought up in the church and then their lifestyle, their identities, their who they are as human beings kind of falls outside the scope of what's accepted within their church. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, the, the biggest thing. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm wondering onto like a, a lighter topic, um, <laughs> bring it around a little bit. Did rules around friendships, sleepovers, any of that change after they sort of like shared their new identity? No, I mean, obviously when he came out as gay in middle school, it was, you know, well, at least the relief is they may not get pregnant. <laughs> so, um, which I guess is probably like a horrible thought to have as a parent. It's, it's honestly not. But it's a real thought. <laughs> it's very, it very, very so, real. Like, didn't really change the whole sleepover thing. And okay. then um, the pandemic happened. So I was more concerned about that as far as sleepovers than right. anything else. But no, I don't think it would it would change just because I have so much trust and faith in my kids that mm -hmm. um no it wouldn't change the rules. What do you them. think has helped to develop that that trust and faith in your kids and their decision making? Um we have very open and very interesting conversations in the house where um my my middle one has joined me in the living room now so you may hear her pipe up yeah. um, but um just being very open and vulnerable with each other and you know I try and try and have those conversations where you know I tell them about my mistakes and mm -hmm hopefully they learn from them. And we have kind of a philosophy of if you make a mistake and you're honest about it, like you won't get in trouble, I'll help yeah. you through it. Um, my issue is going to be if you try and hide it and fix it yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So the the transparency and the authenticity, it sounds like that those pieces were like critical in your parenting. And they always have been. I'm curious, has Mason already started high school? Yes. So how did that first year go? Um, Amazing. Well, we just went back to in-person learning, I think in April. So um, Mm -hmm. really only did about two and a half months of in-person schooling. Um, But I will say that once he started living his his true self, um, I noticed things like grades improving, um, Mm. you know, not sulking in his room as much like he comes out and joins the family and so we've kind of seen the opposite where um I thought it'd be a lot harder Mm. and he's proven that it's now that he's living who he is supposed to be um it's been so much better all around right well and I think that's that's an interesting statement too because you know parents so desperately want their children to be happy right and then yeah. there's so many parents that deny their child the safe thing that would actually help them to be happy and to help them yeah. feel supported. And and it's almost like, you know, like you want your child to be a participant in your family and in your life. But that rejection and that othering does the exact opposite. Like, Well, and I, I imagine for some, especially uneducated parents, it, it comes from a place of fear, too, yeah. of like you can't be this way because you're just going to get bullied and people are going to make fun of you. And then that denies who they are. Just like you're saying the exact opposite of what happens where if you do embrace that, they do flourish or can flourish. Right. Um, Yeah. I just thought it was interesting. I'm I'm sitting here thinking, because there are two other kids. Was it easy for them to accept the journey of the identity? Was it easy for them to transition? Um. It, it did. It, they did a wonderful job. Um, and I will say that Mason and his sister Josie have such like a tight bond that um, the, the name is actually kind of honoring his sister. So his oh, awesome. sister Josephine raises Mason bees. Um, and so that's where the name comes from. That's awesome. That's really awesome. So we talked a lot about the acceptance and how open you were and how, you know, his grandmother so willingly accepted him. Have you come across anybody in your family or your community that has been outwardly not accepting? Um, I would say his father had a harder time. Um, I'm going to mute myself. Okay. So we had to take a mom pause because kids needed breakfast. Um, so if there was, if anybody noticed that little like blip in, in, in conversation, I think it's pretty apparent. I, I would hope that they did. Uh, that means they're listening. Then you notice that we, we sort of had to stop answering a question for a second so that, so that Miranda could parent, which is one of her jobs. Uh, so we were talking about before, um, b- before the break, we were talking about um, people who have struggled to accept uh, Mason for who he is. 
Um, so do you want to talk about that a little bit more? Yeah. Um, so while I have tried very hard to make our home a very safe space for the kids, no matter who they are, um, unfortunately, their father is not as open and accepting of the LGBTQ community. And so when it became apparent that he wasn't going to be accepting of Mason after coming out as gay, even before coming out as non-binary, um, I realized like this isn't going to be the safest space for my kids. And it was actually the catalyst for um, the for my divorce okay. um, was, you know, I, I realized I was coming to um, a crossroads where I had to choose, you know, do I save my marriage or do I keep my kids safe? Mm-hmm. And there was no choice. I was about to say, it doesn't sound like it was that hard of a choice. Absolutely. Your not. Kids come first mm-hmm. and Absolutely their safety. Not. Yeah. And yep. being able to be who they are. And, yep. and how, how has that been for Mason? Like, what has that been like for him? I don't know if you want to talk for him or not, but in your, as you've watched him. Um, you know, it's, it's hard because when the divorce happened and obviously they have to see their father at some point, um, it was very terrifying for me to let him go over there. Like, Mm -hmm. especially after coming out as trans as will he be accepted? Will it be a safe space for him? Mm -hmm. And you know, he does the teenage boy thing over at his father's house where he just kind of goes to his room and, okay. you know, doesn't really communicate with his father much. Um, but I do notice that when he comes back from visitations, there's a lot of anger okay. um, because he can't really be himself there. And it takes takes a while to kind of transition back to, nope, this is your safe space. Um, like, well, you're safe to be angry. Like, let's not direct it at mom. I didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> type yeah. Of thing. Um, oh, and I'm I'm wondering, so obviously if the name change can't happen officially on the birth certificate till 18, I mean, there's lots of physical changes that occur around mm-hmm. this time. How is he coping with that? Like, have you been able to help medically to to stop some changes? Are you not able to do that? Like, or do no, I even we're, want to. Um, so in Washington, at least our experience has been that you need to go through like the gender clinic at Seattle Children's. Okay. And so we just got a referral to that. Um, and then it's a year, it's years long process okay. before you even start medication. Um, so it's a lot of counseling to make sure this is, this is really what you want because it's a big you know, hormones. It is a big change yeah. and, you know, brains are still developing and, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of already touched on the fact that, you know, a few years ago, he identified at this area of the spectrum and it's evolved and changed as he's grown to know himself. You know, they really want to make sure the individual knows who they are. And I am in no way suggesting that it's something that can be um, that it's a phase and will change, but as we learn and we grow, um, you know, they want to make sure that 
that the medication is the right choice. And I think that's a fair statement because, you know, I am not the same person I was when I was 10, 11, 12 at all um, in my ideology, in my way of behaving, in my thought process. I, I know that's you mean so like, you, you, you were not I'm, a 10 year old. Anymore. Well, okay. I, I said, I clarified. In well, my I'm just checking. I'm just Sometimes checking. I'm 10. Um, but I'm also, but I'm also not the same person in my ideology as I was when I was 17, 18, 19, nor am I the same person in my thought process or my ideology as I was when I was 20, like in my forties, I'm a much different thinker than I was back then. And it's, you know, I, I feel like the human journey period is a progression of figuring out who you are and where you land. And so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. It makes sense that it should be a process and not something that's that's done lightly. Absolutely. What, what age does does do they recommend? So like say say there's a, a a younger kid, say there's somebody who's like four or five or six who is sort of saying, no, I'm the opposite gender that that I've been assigned. What age does the the Washington gender clinic sort of like suggest? people start bringing, bringing this to their attention, coming in for treatment. Does, is there an age? You know, I don't know. Um, I'll be honest. I don't know what their thoughts are on that. You don't have to um, know. I just, <laughs> I just asking. But I, I do know that um, from the research I did and I, I could be wrong. I'm awful at Googling. Um, <laughs> it's not a skill that I have. Um <laughs> It did say like that they wouldn't really start treatment treatment until fifteen. Which so makes the counseling sense. and yeah, and the like. Sure, sure. So, any, what would you say? I guess I guess maybe one of the final questions can be: It's possible that there's somebody out there that's listening who is is a teen, is a child, is an adult who is sort of in the process of their journey of identifying who they are. Um, as a mom, as a human, what would you, what do you think is important for that person to know or hear? That they're loved. Yeah. Like really that's it. Yeah. That there's somebody out there that cares about them, even if they don't know them. Yeah. And you know, if your parents aren't a safe person to come out to, find someone who is so that you have someone who, you know, uses your your new name. And again, sorry, emotional person. It's okay. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, who will who will respect you? Because just having one person drops that rate of suicide so much. Yeah, it's a really good point. And is there anything you would want to say to parents who are rejecting that we can say on air? (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Um, You know, I would, I would ask them to look inside and see, you know, why, you know, if it's, if it's for your, like, religious reasons, um, you know, really examine your religion and look at what, what would your God say about not loving your child? Mm -hmm. Like, 
take a hard look at that because I'm not a religious person, but I was raised in two different churches. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that, you know, being raised Catholic and Lutheran, um, that, you know, the Bible, the Bible teaches us to love everyone. Mm -hmm. And that I think that should be your takeaway. And so if you're not accepting for religious reasons, then maybe you need to re-examine your relationship with God and really look at, would he be proud of you? That's, that's deep. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we make her break down in tears completely, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so so, so, so much. I know that it's like a three hour time difference, I think, right? Yeah. So it's seven there, eight there. Yep. yep it's yeah. early. Um, it is not that it's almost lunchtime here. Feels um, like it's still early. It, I mean, it still feels early, but <laughs> I just, I really, really, really appreciate you, your willingness to take mm-hmm. the time to talk about this. And you are our final show of the season. So that holds like a special place that mm-hmm. like you're the, you're the last thing people will hear from us before <laughs> before, for we, uh, before we take our break for the summer. And just mm-hmm. to our regular listeners, um, you know, like I'm like literally going to repeat myself. Um, this is the last podcast of the season. Ryan mm-hmm. and I are going to take a break for the summer. How dare we? I know, but that gives you a perfect opportunity to go back and re-listen to um, all of the podcasts that we've aired prior. I think we're up to like. 30 I don't know that's probably not true but I feel like we're at least we should probably have that number oh wait we might be like 32 so I might not be far off this might be like episode 32 she's making that up I'm probably making it up I don't know um but it sounds right Mm -hmm. um because I know we're over 28 but anyway that's like not a big deal um but you can go back and listen to old 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 episodes maybe Mm -hmm. look back and see if there's any episodes that you missed um and then we will be back next season Yes. Like in the fall. In the fall. Yeah. Like we're like we're like teachers. You know, we we take the summer off. We don't really do much. We really don't do much. Period. (laughs) No, we actually do like a lot. Okay. Which is why we're taking the summer off. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that's enough chitter chatter. So Mm -hmm. Ryan. Yes, Amanda. (laughs) Where can people find us? That's a good question. Where are the places? Because I just we just integrated our website into a different website. Oh, of course we did. Work can now be found at um, welshpsychotherapy.com. That's W-E-L-S-H psychotherapy.com. We've just integrated into uh, the Worth the Work into our practice website. We can also be found on Instagram at worththework underscore. See, I'm proud of you. I was testing you. Um, We can be found on Facebook at Worth the Work with Amanda and Ryan. That sounds right. Um, And we still do have our Gmail account at worththeworkcounseling at gmail.com. And you can use all of these ways to contact us. You can us. use all of these ways. Just, you know, don't DM me like somebody did the other day inappropriately. Because Sorry, I couldn't that help is, myself. That is not, that is not the did kind of therapy. Really they did. And that is not the nice. kind of therapy I like to do. Oh. Um, so, yeah, keep your DMs um, pertinent to therapy. So, <laughs> again, thank you, Miranda. We enjoyed having you. It was a pleasure. Um, Good luck to you. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
And Ryan, what should our what should our listeners remember? That they are worth the work. I think we're probably going to come back with a new catch. I hope too. so because this corny is. It's, I mean, it's like up. fun corny. It's okay. fun corny. Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks, guys. Right. Bye. Bye.